I think a lot of times when we get artist block, it just means that like like we've grown tired of doing like whatever it is that we're doing, mm -hmm. and we've gotten bored with it. So like it, I, I've made it like my mission to make sure that I bounce around and and like constantly try new things and just keep it fresh. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. You know what we say here on The Noise, ain't nothing ever going to replace the work. Yes, everything you get out of and from your art practice will come from the making. Our guest today can testify to that. Jacksonville artist, muralist, painter, Chris Clark. Chris has an active creative practice that goes from paintings to murals to AI collaborations with Midjourney. And despite all the murals, the gallery shenanigans and all the other stuff, he stays dedicated to the practice of making. And we love that. Listen to this one to get you inspired to stay in the studio. Keep making that noise. Learn about my man, Cooley Rise Art. <laughs> and now you can also watch Studio Noise. I've been tinkering with recording the videos and that extra little component, that YouTube component to the Studio Noise. And now you can see it on the Black Art in America YouTube channel. So if you're listening and you're wondering what are the pieces that they're talking about? Well, you can find the pics on the Instagram, the Studio Noise Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast on IG. Or now you can just go to the YouTube page. It is right there. It's like cut into the conversation. It flow nice and smooth. <laughs> so when we start talking about Chris's AI stuff, boom, the AI stuff pops up. I mean, I, mean, I know oh, I sound like an old man, don't I? <laughs> this newfound, newfangled YouTube thing. <laughs> Like I just discovered YouTube videos. Come on, yo. No, what is there? I'm adding a YouTube. I'm going to keep tinkering with it. Keep making it a little bit better and better every time you see it. So you'll get that video component, a nice little add on to the studio noise experience. <laughs> That's right. So you listen to the noise. You see the noise. Subscribe to the bio. YouTube is going to be a lot more stuff up there coming soon and a lot more stuff from the noise. So, you know, we got some special plans for you. Love it. Looking for a reason to stay creative, just like you should be out there where you are. So you already know it's the noise. Studio Noise, the voice of black art, giving you the best in black contemporary art. Presented by Black Art in America, the Buy Gallery at 1802 Connolly Drive. Gearing up for the Black Art Family Reunion, Juneteenth celebration, June 16th through the 19th. The weekend will be filled with lectures, panel talks, networking opportunities and a good old-fashioned art family cookout. <laughs> yes, baby, we going on the grills, hanging out, having a good old time together. You know how we do it. Go on and put it on your calendar. Let's celebrate the one-year anniversary of the Buy Gallery. Live music, live painting, collector's talks, art and artists, and hanging out and having a good old time. It's going to be big fun, I'm telling you. So make sure y'all come on out. You can learn more at blackartamerica.com. Now we get to that good art talk that we love so much right here on The Noise. After the break, it's Chris Clark, my man, coming all the way from Jacksonville. Cooley Rise Art on The Noise, baby. Yes.
My name is Dawn Williams Boyd. I'm a visual artist, and you are listening to Studio Noise. All right, yes, it's your boy Jay Barber, Studio Noise, coming back at you, the voice of black art, coming at you with another one of the best in black art. Talk to my man, Christopher Clark, right here on the podcast. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Happy to be here. Ah, oh, man, you've been a, been a fan of your work, man. Been checking you, follow you on Twitter, man, all that good stuff. And, you know, you're always being positive, man. And I like you because, one, I see us, like, as a connection with each other because you got you and your wife and your family. Uh, I see how you're still making it all work with the art, man. I feel like I'm doing the same thing, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Um, so I'm a visual artist full time. Uh, I do murals, illustrations, you know, the fine art thing, showing in galleries and stuff. Um, I've been making art pretty much like my whole life. Um, I got serious about it about 2016. And um, that's when I decided to like try it out full time and, and see what happens. And I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that, man. Tell me about that. What, what was the thing that made you switch a little bit? Oh, man. So every job I've ever had, I've always drawn on the job, like off the clock and on the clock when I should yeah, have been, been working. There. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> been drawn on napkins, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. So um, like there would always be somebody at work who would see me drawing and be like, like, what are you doing here? Like, you should you should be working at Disney World. Like everybody <laughs> always said Disney for some reason. But they were like, you yeah. shouldn't be here in front of this computer or flipping these fries or whatever and so um 2016 i was working at citibank um i was working on a computer i had like my own little cubicle i had like drawings and stuff all over my uh all over my uh cubicle on the walls and stuff i would have like my sketch pads my markers my pens everything's it looked more like a uh art studio than a, a workspace <laughs> and um yeah. like i just decided one day I was well. Actually, it's a funny story. So we have this thing here called Art Walk. It happens the first Wednesday of every month. Mm -hmm. So I had applied for Art Walk. I didn't get in, um, but I saw where you could reach out to certain businesses in the area, and they would let you set up outside the shop. So I applied for one, and they were like, "Yeah, we want you to set up. Can you come meet?" So I went to meet, and they were like, "Well, instead of just setting up outside, how about we have a solo show for you inside?" I was like, "That's even better." Yeah, that's even better. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, but with my work schedule, I was not going to be able to make art. I had the, the worst schedule. was like 2 to 10.30 at night. And Art Walk is from like 5 to 9. So I wasn't going to be able to make it. Mm. And I, I went to work one day, and I, uh, like I couldn't go in, inside the building. I was just like pacing in the parking lot. And I called my wife. I was like, I don't think I can go in here. She's like, what are you talking oh, about? Man. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, like I'm tired of this job and I'm miserable here. And um, like, I just want to try this art thing. She was like, if that's what you want to do and you think you can do it, then like, I believe in you. So, um, oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I went home the next day. Um, I went back up to the job with my resignation letter. I was like, like, I want to try this art thing. And they were like, well, you always have a place here and all that stuff. So. That was like my first, technically my first solo shows in this uh, cigar lounge. Um, and that was like my first time like embarking on this this art journey. And so it's been full throttle since then. 
That's good, man. Yeah, we all start somewhere, man. You know, yeah. I've been, I, we had the art walks down here, man. Marietta Art Walks, man, outside of a of a, a ice cream shop. <laughs> have my stuff set up. So I know I know how that go, man. You got to get in however you get in. Oh, yeah. So what, what was it about the experience? What did it teach you about um, being an artist and setting up and like, you know what I'm saying? Like that interaction that you got to have with the people, all that good stuff. What's that? That that first show? Yeah. Oh, man, I learned everything. Um, so I'm not the biggest talker, but I learned that I got to talk to people. You <laughs> so got art, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, art got definitely um, brought me like way out of my shell. Like I'm, I'm still like the quiet person in all my circles, but um, it's definitely taught me to um, talk and j- just to be able to talk about my work. Like I was always the artist that um, wanted to art to speak for itself, but right, yeah, like sometimes yeah. you got to, you got to let people know, like, this is what it is. This is what I was thinking. This is why I use these materials and this medium. And, and so it definitely taught me to, um, just be more personable and more sociable and, and to, um, like just dig a little deeper into myself. And so you're looking at your art then compared to your art now, what do you think the difference is? I think it's pretty consistent. Um, the things that I'm talking about in my work, Mm-hmm. They're pretty much the same. The skill has grown, and um, like the way I I talk about it, um, even like the way I I talk about it in the actual work, but um, like the themes and everything, it's been pretty consistent. So, what, what do you think your themes are that you're exploring? Like when somebody asks you, oh man, so like in my art. Like I always say, I'm telling like my life story. I always compare it to um, like writing in a diary, but instead of writing words, I'm drawing images. So like mm-hmm. I'm just telling my story. Um, I grew up um, in like a Rasta upbringing, Rastafarian upbringing. So in my work, you see a lot of dreads and, and locks, um, a lot of pro-black, um, a lot of culture, a lot of history. Um, I like to talk about things that the young people were doing too. Like when I was growing up, I didn't go to any art museums, any art galleries. I, um, yeah. I couldn't even name to you any any black artists. So I kind of, I, I try to be that artist now for like the next generation. So I try to make work that reflects them and that they can relate to that makes them want to go to an art gallery or want to go to an art museum because they're seeing things that, that look like them. Yeah. And I think that's super necessary, man. That's one of the reasons why I teach you yeah. make sure that, you know what I'm saying? We're reaching people. I know I was that kid that didn't have uh, so many inspirations to look for. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know any people making art full time. Everybody I knew was either working at Champion at the paper mill or yeah. you know what I'm saying, doing something at Walmart or something like that. Like uh, not the art life that I was thinking of when, oh, I, yeah. when I when I was thinking about it, you know what I'm saying? Or like writing books, even drawing comic books. You know what I'm saying? I had a dream of drawing comic books at one point. Yeah, me and too. That's, that's <laughs> how I really got into doing art, and never saw nobody like look like me do it. Like even the characters I was drawing, Spider Man and all them people, they they weren't black. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's crazy you mentioned that. Um, so when I was a kid, I used to spend all my summers in Miami uh, with my grandparents. And so the summer before I went to 10th grade, um, I spent that summer in Miami and I was looking into Sunday comics one day. And at that time, I had, so when I was in middle school, I wanted to be a comic book artist. By the time I got to high school, I wanted to be a comic strip artist and like have my stuff in the Sunday comics. Yeah. So I yeah. was looking in the um, Sunday comics 
and I see all the usual cartoons. And then I come across this one with these two kids. One of them has like this giant afro. The other one has dreads. I'm like, what is this? Like, we don't have anything like this where I'm from. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, that was my first introduction to the Boondocks. Yeah, and, that's and, it. And uh, Aaron, <laughs> yeah. Aaron Magruder. I was like, man, this guy yeah. looks like me. Like, he's black. He's making this black. I'm definitely doing it. <laughs> yeah, you changed the game, yo, because it had oh, like yeah. that. It had the style. It had the commentary. You know what I mean? You yeah, had Riley going crazy. Like, yeah, that was good stuff, man. Yeah, so that he was definitely um, a big inspiration. And at, at that time, I think I was like in 10th grade. That was the only black artist that I think I knew. And then you like fast forward and I learned about Basquiat, but that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much of that stuff is like denied from us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we don't, we don't get talked about as much. And now, you know, I know so much uh, just from studying, especially like uh, black printmakers, which uh, is a niche on top of a niche. You know yeah. what I mean? But, you know, it's so much history out there that we just need to look for and be aware of. And part of me teaching is introducing people to that history. Yeah. Like I can I can teach you how to do printmaking and show you Picasso and all the other famous printmakers that, that's out in the book. But I can also show you Charles White mm. and David Driscoll and Elizabeth Catlett and all these other people that are just as good as anybody else. Oh yeah. Um, but it gives you like that point of reference that you talk about. So a way to see yourself. And to me, I know I felt more connected to printmaking yeah. by learning about them. I think this leads into I think I want to talk about your AI stuff, man, because uh, your experiments with Midjourney, I think, are very unique because you're taking all that commentary and the imagery with the dreads and the children and the black skin and all that history that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And you're getting it out of this AI program, man. <laughs> Tell me, how'd you get into the AI? Oh, man. That's a great question. I don't know. I just know it happened sometime last year in November. I don't know if it was something I was watching or something I saw on social media. And I was like, let me check this out. And um, I remember testing it out. Um, when you get on mid journey, they give you uh, like 25 free tries. I used them in like 25 seconds. <laughs> I, yeah, I was that hooked on it. And I remember going to my wife, she was sitting on the sofa. We were watching something or I was supposed to be watching it. I was on mid journey and I was like, I just discovered this thing is going to change the game. And like, she was looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, like what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, you got to try it. Now she's not an artist, but she's like a super um, creative person. I was like, just try it. And now she's addicted to it. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I, I started it November of last year, um, right before Art Basel. And I, I just started playing around with it. And, um, like a lot of people at the time, it was new to the public. And so there was a lot of backlash and a lot of um, ethical concerns and all that stuff. But I just saw like all the possibilities and all the positive ways to use it. And um, like you, you hear all the things from like different artists, like it's going to take artists jobs and um, it's still an artist work. But like I, I did my own research. I never like pay attention to memes and what everybody's posting. Um, I happen to know a few people who work in like the tech and stuff who like told me like how it's learning and like what it's drawing images from. So I just saw it as a great tool and a way that um, I could elevate my work and just elevate my creativity a little bit. 
So tell me a little bit about that, because you, uh, in your opinion, is it taking work from artists? And do you think it take people jobs? Like tell you, address some yeah. of them concerns, because I, I, mean, I like to hear your, your feedback on it. Could you actually use it? As yeah. compared to, like, I don't saying, think it's going to take, well, the art AI stuff, I don't, I don't think it's going to take anybody's job. Um, now, can it take artists work? Yeah. I mean, like any new technology or tools like you're gonna have people who use it for the wrong reasons it doesn't matter what it is mm -hmm. um i mean i choose to use it for the right reason so like one of the ways i use it so like i'm primarily like a portrait artist i like to do portraits and, and figures and stuff and so when i would be looking for a reference i would do like the same thing other artists do go to google um pinterest but after yep, a while yep. what'd you say I was searching out, yeah. The people oh, yeah. Do that all the time, yeah. But after a while, like I look at a lot of art online, so I I notice when like I can look at a person's portrait, I know exactly where they got the picture from because I've seen it painted <laughs> or drawn thirty other times, and so I'm like, dang, with this AI technology, I can create my own reference pictures from scratch of people that don't even exist, so I don't have to worry about anybody having this person. But I created it like from my mind. So that was that was one way um that I thought to use it. Um another way that I use it, so I would take my own art that I've already made, put it into the AI program and just create different variations of it, like just to see how far I can take it. Cause I mean as artists, sometimes like we think of head we think ahead of our skill level. Right. So I have like all these crazy visions, but I don't even know where to begin to like put that on the canvas, but I can put it into the AI and it'll give me like a frame of reference. So it gives me like, like all this crazy stuff in my mind, I can like visualize it now and then draw, use that as a blueprint to um, create from. But I mean, I've used it that way. Um, I also like to think of it as like a camera but like at like a, a regular camera, like we take images of things that are real, things that we can see right now. Um, with the AI, it's like you're taking pictures, like like you're able to take pictures of the past. But like I, I did a, a very popular piece, it had like over a hundred thousand likes, um, millions of views. Everybody from Kahindi Wiley, Michael B. Jordan, um, the late Twitch, um, everybody liked that piece. And um, it was a depiction of a kid um, sitting at a table. He was like in the class learning the art of sculpture in ancient Kush. Mm. And so I used it as a way to create a snapshot of something I'd never seen before um, way in the past. Like I wasn't there, but I was able to like imagine what it might've looked like through the use of AI. So it was kind of like reimagining the past, um, imagining the future, what the future might look like. And so I just think it's a, a cool tool um, to use creatively. Like I hear some artists say, well, I don't need AI to be creative, but I don't think you need it to be creative. I think it needs you to be creative. Like it doesn't work without like the human element. So. No, that's interesting. You know, I, I never heard nobody describe it like that. But it, that makes like a lot of sense to yeah. me. And so when I look at look at some of the images, I think your images that you came up with are probably uh, the most circulated AI images that I've seen, especially of black people. Like because 
I think in the end, we are looking for more, like we said before, more images of ourselves yeah. um, that, we're, that we're trying to get in like these different visions of. And I think that's what's so powerful about that piece that you're talking about, like learning how to sculpt and cush like the little boy and the setup and the lighting, like all of that stuff. Uh, it hits right, right there where we imagine AI can take us. Yeah. Yeah. You because know, I think we've hit this this point where a lot of uh, black creativity is reached sort of a, a saturation point, like a tipping oh, yeah. point where it's becoming more and more and more uh, normal to see all the different images of us created. Yeah. And so, yeah, I thought that one was pretty good. How how do you feel about like the success of a lot of the images that you put online? Um, I mean, a few of them got like some some good feedback. That one in particular, I I don't know what it was. It just went crazy like worldwide. But yeah, it, it was kind of interesting to see how people responded to it. I got some backlash too. I got some comments. This is not real art, and this is stealing from artists and all that stuff. But I mean, it was way more uh, positivity than than the negative stuff. So. I'm, like it made me happy to see so many people um, like open to new possibilities and and to new ways in creating art. Yeah, because I think it, I think for me it comes down to like how you're gonna use it. Yeah. Um, because you know some of the people I don't know you saw this story of a uh, guy won this photography uh, exhibition and he came out later and said that it's actually an AI photograph. It's yeah. not like his work. And so I think we're like right at the cusp of having this conversation about like what this thing really is, <laughs> right? And yeah. how we should look at it and how we should address it and like what is being generated out of it. Mm-hmm. Like in your opinion, in your opinion, I get a feeling of where you're going with this, but in your opinion, like what do you think this would this means um for artists like going forward? Mm. I mean, I only like for me, I only see it as a tool. Like for me, it's no different from acrylic paint mm. or spray. Like there's only so much you can do with paint in the tube. There's only so much you can do with a pencil. There's only so much you can do with Procreate or Photoshop. Um, same thing with AI. There's only so much you can do with it, but it's just a tool, um, a different means to get out some of your ideas and to be creative. And so I saw that you did one piece called Fresh and Clean, which is based on one of your, your AI oh, yeah. generated generated pieces. Tell me about like how this uh how that process went of, of painting and and what do you think you you just treated just like a regular old reference though. So I did so that one actually I did um I think I did maybe four or five of those. I did like a little small series. So that came from an illustration I did in Procreate one day. It was just um, a simple little illustration. I put that illustration into the um, into Mid Journey, added a few little details here and there, and then I, I um, created different variations of it, and then I painted those. So it started off as like my own illustration that I created in collaboration with the AI, and then back to traditional work. So I do that sometimes. I kind of kind of like a push and pull type thing. I like that. I, you know, actually, I never heard people describe it like that, like an AI collaboration, because yeah. if you're taking the image, letting the AI enhance it, and then you come back and do more work on top of it. Oh, so yeah. it's never it's never really finished. Like, it's just like anything that we make, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's never really finished until like it's hanging on the wall somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I also saw a picture where you, you put in your, um you do these custom paint cans. 
like the crush ones and oh yeah and let, let the ai generate tell me about that one a little bit oh that yeah that was just um an experiment but like with the can so i do a lot of murals and i have a lot of uh empty spray cans and so normally i would throw them away and um i got invited a few years ago to do a show where they um like did art on paint cans i never heard of that before and that was probably like two or three years ago and that's when i started um just like doing illustrations on the cans and then last year um i was in my studio where i had to keep my um my extra cans i was getting some cans to draw on one of them was bent up and i was gonna throw it away and i was like dang you know this kind of looks like a little trophy like what if i bend it some more so i bent it some more and uh, i painted it gold and that was like the first one in this new series of um like the crush cans that i do Oh, yeah. It, how, I mean, do, how do people respond to that one? Oh, people love those. Like, it's just a way to um, like upcycle, to take something that, that normally we would see as trash and, and turn it into art. And mm -hmm. actually, um, over the pandemic, where everybody was in a house, I would um, I would take the cans and I would hide them in different places around the city. Um, oh, I would wow. always hide them um, <laughs> somewhere by art. So like by a mural. And so yeah. it was it was my way of getting people out of the house and getting people back act, active but also introducing them to art like public art that they didn't know about but like on the search for these cans you know they got to go through all these murals and sculptures that they may have not um may have not known were there like in regular life i like that man i like you know what i like the energy that you have like when you approach your practice from what i see online and stuff like that because I, I see you doing like a lot of shows, a lot of murals. You're always experimenting. You, you're yeah. drawing in your sketchbooks. You're showing all that stuff. Hey, you, you <laughs> don't take this wrong way, but you look like an artist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like from the, from the clothes you're wearing to like how you set it up, uh, you, you're always wearing something fresh. You know what I'm saying? You got the dress with the, uh, the <laughs> whole thing going on, man. Like you look like a goddess out there making stuff, man. Tell me what goes into your art practice. I would say this life, like I'm, I'm inspired by life. I'm inspired by um, current events. My family is a big inspiration. Um, all my kids draw and are into art. I just try to approach it like honestly. Like I don't try to force it. Like a lot of artists get stuck in trying to create what they think people want to see, especially with social media. Like everybody's trying to get likes and yeah, yeah, trying to get shared. Yeah. Like I think one thing about my practice is I've never, I've never got caught up in that. Um, like I've always done what I wanted to do. Like I just wanted to up and change a medium or change a style. And so I think my my like my fan base they've grown used to like seeing me change so rapidly. Like I might be doing oil paint one day. I might be doing oil pastel, pencil, collage, um, acrylic paint, spray paint. And so yeah 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 so yeah. i try not to um box myself in and like that opens me up to i mean in my opinion it opens me up to being like more um free and creative like i don't get artist block that much i think artists i think a lot of times when we get artist block it just means that like like we've grown tired of doing like whatever it is that we're doing mm -hmm. and we've gotten bored with it so like it, I, I've made it like my mission to make sure that I bounce around and, and like constantly try new things and just keep it fresh. 
I like that, man. And I think that's a, something that people need to keep track of. Yeah. Because uh, people ask me the same thing about having writer's block, not artist block. And I never have artist block either because <laughs> like I like I'm I'm known to switch it up. Like, you know, oh, what I'm yeah. saying? even though I'm a printmaker, you know, I can switch from from etching the woodcuts to screen prints. But then I switch it up and do a painting or something like that just because, you know, I yeah. can't say how good it's going to be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but that's never the point. You know what I mean? It's never the point. The point is just to be always making and always yeah. doing stuff. And one thing that you always say, uh, hashtag do the work yeah. <laughs> and on, on your thing, man, tell me where that came from, man. Tell me what gave you that drive to do stuff like that. Oh man. I don't know. It came out of wanting to, so I have a lot of friends. I know a lot of artists. And like everybody has this dream of like being a successful artist, but we don't always know like what that looks like. We just know that I don't want to work in this nine to five and I want to do my <laughs> art. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But early on, I um I don't know, like I, I made it my mission, like I did a lot of research. I researched a lot of artists. Um I looked at a lot of artists who like I admire and I looked at like their journeys and, and like where they are now and, and kind of like model my path after that in a way or, or kind of use their journey as a blueprint and, and so like early on it was like i know exactly where i want to go and what it takes to get there now i just need to do the work and so uh, that, that's kind of where that came from and it's, it's just like a an affirmation i tell myself just as a reminder and i don't always do the work like, i'm not perfect sometimes i'm I'm lazy and I procrastinate, but yeah, I always yeah. say it anyway because somebody is going to need to hear it. So even if it um, doesn't inspire me that day, it might inspire somebody else. <laughs> no, I I love that because I think that's uh, the one thing I always tell people uh, is like you don't know what your path is going to be. Like yeah. even though all the people that we talked to on this on the podcast, uh, there there are a hundred different ways uh, that one person can make it. Oh yeah, and all this stuff is gonna look a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. Because like you, like when you do the murals, and then you have uh, the studio stuff that you're doing, like you're not gonna catch your boy on the walls, on the ladders in the middle of the summer. Like <laughs> that's not gonna be my thing. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I do. But that don't mean that I can't make it in the same way that you can make it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's so like it's so many different paths. I oh, think yeah. we we box ourselves in or too much and worry exactly. about worry about the path too much forget all that all that other stuff let it all go just focus on the work just make the thing and if you make the thing you'll find something to do with it it'll find its audience if it's good enough especially but you always have to make it it always comes yeah. back to how much you master the craft how much time you put into it and how dedicated are you going to do it are you going to do it when nobody's paying attention yeah right <laughs> Why are you going to do it when nobody wants the thing that you make? You yeah. might be ahead of your time. You know what I mean? But, you know, you still got to got to put in the work, man. You got to keep doing it. Yeah, we always have this. We have this thing in our community about um, chasing the bag. I was talking to my mom one day and she was telling me, she was like, sometimes you need to just rest. Like you need to slow down. She was saying how yeah. she believes that that mentality like comes from slavery and mm. like working in the fields and having to meet a quota and pick all this cotton and do all this stuff. So like we, we carry this mindset um, to today. Like we gotta always be working and chasing the yeah. bag. But like what I tell artists, I'm like, just focus on like, just do the work 
and you won't have to chase the bag. Like the bag will chase you. Like you won't be able to outrun it. Yeah, like, for sure, man. You know that's that's just straight up capitalism, man. Yeah, <laughs> capitalism tell you that you got to keep working all the time. Yeah, and you always got to reach for money and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the work and and how much you develop and grow will ultimately determine what your ceiling is anyway. Yeah. So if you haven't made enough art to make a great piece of art, not just a good piece of art, a great piece of art, mm-hmm. uh, something that really says and, and hits the mark. And if you're not able to do it consistently, and I think that's the part that people often forget about yeah. is how, how much of, how much of what we know about somebody like a Hinde comes from, we've seen him make these pieces so consistently mm-hmm. over decades. Yeah. And because of that, that's how he gets his reputation. Cause we know exactly what to expect when we see that name on the wall. Yeah. We know yeah, he about to, he about to bring it and about to yeah. give it all. Hey, you got to do the same thing. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. If people want to copy the success, they don't want to copy the work though. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't want to be, they don't want to be in that basement. What kind of studio you got? Um, I got a fairly decent studio. So my first studio, it was in this old um, grocery manufacturer warehouse. It was like a hundred years old. Um, it was real cool. We didn't have any AC, no AC, no heat. <laughs> so it would be blazing love, in yeah. there in the summers and freezing cold in the winter. So the spot that we're in now, um, it's a really nice building. It used to be a law firm. So it's like, it's super nice on the outside. Like you wouldn't think that it's a bunch of artists in there making a mess from the outside. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a pretty nice studio. Got AC in there. Um, it's about maybe 20 artists, maybe a little less. Um, I actually share a space with one of my friends. Um, she's an artist, uh, muralist as well. And we have the biggest space in there. So we split that space, but uh, it's, it's a pretty nice space. I think my studio looks more like a gallery than an art studio. Oh, um, yeah? so I, I do most of my work at home and then I'll, uh, I'll bring it there to the studio. So the way I have it set up, it almost looks like a little mini museum of, of just my work. <laughs> Is it just more comfortable to work at home? Um, I, I like working at both, but like I have three kids and a wife. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spend a lot of time at home with the family and stuff. I go up there when I can. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that struggle, man. And I had my, when I first went full time as an artist, I had my son at home with me yeah. and I, you know, doing potty training and all that stuff while trying to draw. <laughs> yeah. yeah my son is out yeah. watching ice age right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up, yo. How much? How much of it has your family and your wife inspired um, what you do? Um, they, they inspire a lot, um, and especially uh, like my kids. Like it's crazy, it's crazy being a parent and like making another human being, and like just like mm. sometimes I just look at them, and it's like wow, like it's so much of me in there. Like just yeah. seeing them draw like different things, like. Like I never um try to force them to be like me. Like you got to be an artist because I'm an artist. You got to draw like, but just to see that they just have it like naturally yeah. and they want to do it on their own without me like telling them anything. Like my oldest daughter, like she's like really um really good at um drawing and stuff. She likes sculpture, all that. And I'll try to give her a little tip. She's like, I know how to do it, Dad. Like you don't have to tell. <laughs> like, it's crazy, but um like. I think that's the biggest thing that um, inspires me, just seeing that 
they're into it and um like they've spent basically their whole lives like in the art world um in galleries and museums um yeah both yeah. my daughters have like huge giant murals that other artists have done of them around the city they don't even pay it any mind like, they don't care <laughs> you on that giant wall yeah all right but yeah, um, once, like, you, once you see it one time it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. but it's just cool to um like introduce them into this lifestyle and into these different experiences that i never had growing up um yeah we have a museum membership that lets us like go to any museum in the country for free so whenever we we travel like a museum is always on the agenda so they've been in like so many museums like me and my wife like we had never done that stuff as kids so yeah yeah it's cool to like give them those those opportunities and so that that inspires me just seeing them living a the life that I, I wish i lived when i was that age <laughs> The Black Arts Family Reunion is coming June 16th through the 19th, marking the one-year anniversary of the Bio Gallery with thought-provoking lectures, panel talks, networking opportunities, and an art family cookout. It's going to be a big fun. Stay tuned for announcements on attendees, but go on and plan to be here at the Bio Gallery, 1802 Connolly Drive, East Point, Georgia. Check out blackartamerica.com for more. Hey, Studio Noise folks. This is Toki Taylor's studio. I am a photography-based artist out of Atlanta, Georgia, and a educator, and you are listening to Studio Noise. Yeah, for sure, man. And speaking of murals, like, you you do use a lot of, I don't know if they're your kids, or but you do use a lot of kids. Yeah. Like, in the murals that you do around the city, like, you're down in Jacksonville, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you down there in Jacksonville, man, you throwing up murals all around, man. Tell me about how you got into murals and kind of what's been the benefit for you. I got into murals by accident. Um, so I had a friend, he was opening up a shop and he wanted a small mural on the outside of his shop. And he was like, oh, you draw and you paint, like, can you do a mural? I was like, I guess, like, I've never done one before, but I'll try. <laughs> and so I did that mural another friend who um he went to juilliard he runs a dance school um a dance studio for um like black kids here in jacksonville he saw that mural he's like well I, I need you to come in and paint some of my dancers on the wall in the studio i was like, okay i did that and from there somebody else saw that and like it's just kind of been like a uh what they call it avalanche or like a domino effect yeah yeah steady growth yeah so that's that's kind of how murals work like they're like giant billboards so every mural that i do i get like three or four more mural jobs from that one like people are driving by they're walking by i have a building i have an office space i work for this company and so i, I never um i never set out to do murals i, I never wanted to be a muralist it's, it's just something that kind of happened mm-hmm. and um it's cool though like it's led to some some amazing opportunities like um two years ago um i did a collaboration with uh peloton they made the exercise bikes yeah and so i got yeah. to do um two storefront murals um for their storefront in tampa and the one here in jacksonville so that was pretty cool um I've been flown around like the country to do murals in schools and like for different like mural festivals and stuff. 
So it's something that I didn't intend to do that just kind of like fell on me, but it's cool. I like murals because they're they're accessible to everybody, like um, especially like black people. Like they don't always mm-hmm. feel comfortable going to like certain institutions, like museums and stuff. Like you don't always feel welcome in those spaces. Like you, if you feel like you don't know the language or it's yeah, a little yeah. too fancy or you might yeah. not understand the art or when you don't see anything in there that looks like you like like why go there so um murals for me have been a way to um share art with people who normally wouldn't get a chance to see it especially in certain communities and um like i, I always want to represent like us and so um i make sure to do giant black faces so that um they can't like we can't be ignored like you got to see us and um, I, th- I think that instills pride like in the community especially in the youth i do a lot of youth um just to inspire them and, and to motivate them like this could be you like, i like that yeah I, I, yeah I, I think it's so that kind of stuff is so necessary because it, it is so accessible it is the type of thing like uh when i think about growing up in richmond virginia there was just a bunch of cigarette ads <laughs> or like, or bread for sale. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. And it was never this kind of inspirational outlook or, or something that showed pride in who people were yeah. like hanging up on the wall that you could drive by and see. And the one or two things that were ever on the wall was just like graffiti and stuff. Yeah. You know, as an art kid, I'm into it, but mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, it wasn't meant to inspire. It was just meant to mark territory. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like it's good to see that, and it is such a big push, uh, especially now in the terms of how the they're spending these public dollars mm-hmm. um, on stuff. That there's such a good emphasis on uh, specifically people making projects in their neighborhood that look like the people in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, I love that kind of stuff, man. What what is it like down in Jacksonville, man, in terms of the art scene? Um. It's growing. The art scene is growing. It's not it's not a big art scene. Um, but I've definitely seen like the changes over the years, especially with the public art. When I, I moved here um from Tallahassee in two thousand twelve, there were like no murals um mm. that I can think of now. The whole downtown is covered, so I, I can see the arts and culture sector growing here a whole lot more. And uh, I guess the people in charge realizing the potential of arts and culture and artists and, and like what we add to like a city um, and, and like it's making the city more attractive. We got a lot of people from up north moving here, a lot of New Yorkers and Jacksonville has been on all these lists of like best places to move or to retire oh, yeah. and stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, the art the art scene is growing. Um, I think right now, like Jacksonville is like going through an art renaissance. So there's a lot of things starting to happen right now that's going to be like real, real big in the future. So like a lot of seeds are being planted right now. Oh man, that's good stuff right there, man. That's oh, yeah. what I like to hear. Oh yeah, yeah. it's popping up. It's popping up all all around, man. In yeah. places that you wouldn't you wouldn't think. You know what I'm saying? Like when people think about Atlanta. Uh, as a big city, you know what I'm saying, with the largest airport and the busiest airport in the world. <laughs> of course, people think like art is going to be here, but to see it in places like Jacksonville, in places like Norfolk, Virginia, yeah. you know what I mean? Like different places that you don't often hear 
as destination places for art. You know what I'm saying? Especially like down in Florida, where you know, first thing people think about is Miami. Miami, yeah. When they're coming down there, you know what I mean? How how different is the vibe from there to Miami? It's it's like completely different. So Jacksonville, <laughs> Jacksonville is the bit. It's the largest. I think it's the largest U.S. city, like land wise. Um, but it's basically it's a big country. It's, oh, wow. it's, it's not like the uh, it's not like city city like Miami or like Atlanta. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. more like a big country. But um, we we might get there. There, there, are few, there are a few people and a few um, developments taking place that I think are trying to get it to that point. Yeah. Yeah. I can always tell that. Whenever you got land, man, somebody going to come and try, oh, yeah. try and make something out of it, yo. Yeah, they're, sure. they're building it up over here right now. Yeah. And so you recently had a solo show down there. Yeah. Uh, New Growth oh, out, yeah. out of Kent Gallery, man. Tell me about that, how, how it went down for you, because I saw you preparing for it. He was saying how nervous you were, like going into it. Yeah. Tell me how how was that experience for you? It was actually pretty good. I got there late, so everybody who knows me knows that every art event I've ever been in, I'm always like the last <laughs> to arrive, even when it's about me. <laughs> um, but um, it, it was pretty good. It was my first. I call it my first official solo show. Like I've had other solo shows, like in like little coffee shops and things like that. But this was like my first. Um, like real one in the gallery. Yeah. And um, it went pretty good. Um, I was able to fill the gallery. I make a whole bunch of work. Um, like you can see inside my studio, like it's just stacks of stuff. Like I'm, I'm constantly making work. So I had a lot of material to work with. Um, I was able to come up with some new stuff. I was able to utilize that AI and to create some new paintings using that. So I was able to show a lot of stuff. And so that title, um, it was inspired by a few things. So first it was inspired by like a new growth and like the technology and like trying different mediums and different styles. But then also when we think about new growth, um, we think about hair. So like, um, like you hear that a lot, like with when people get braids or dreads, yeah. like your new growth is showing, like you got to go get a retwist. Yeah. And so to me, all my different styles, are my new growth so i was like i don't want to get a retwist like, i don't mind showing my new growth all and showing all the and so that's that's what i was nervous about i was like i didn't i don't know how people are gonna take the show because i have so many different styles and have works on paper works on canvas i had some stuff on cardboard i had paintings drawings illustrations so i was like i don't know like if it's really cohesive or if it just looks like a bunch of random stuff. <laughs> but um it, it it turned out pretty good. Um my my focus on that show was about hair, um, about dreads in particular. Um I talked a lot about the Crown Act and um like a lot of the things that we're seeing in the news, like kids not being able to walk at graduation because they're locked or so, uh, mm, um, yeah, not being yeah. able to play sports because of their locks and, and yeah, just like all kind yeah. of crazy stuff. That madness, man, making him shave his head oh, before yeah. he can do the wrestling match. Like this crazy yeah. stuff, man. And so, um, like one of the best compliments I got from that show was a guy. Um, I hadn't met him before, and he was like, "I just feel seen." He was like, "That's all. Like, I don't even know what else to say. I just feel seen, and like that's all I ever want to do with the work is is make like people who look like me feel seen and and like worthy of being up on those gallery walls." Yeah. 
Oh, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. I'm glad that worked out for you, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great but, for you know, the next you, one. <laughs> I think that's that's a great way to approach it, too, man. Take take all the energy that you've made taking and creating stuff, man. Just put it into it. Throw it all in there. Because you, honestly, you don't never know what's going to resonate with people. Oh, yeah. Making stuff. Like, yeah. you know, the, 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 the one thing you should never do, never do, is try to anticipate how people are going to take your artwork. Cause you do not know. <laughs> it's always the stuff um, that I don't like and want to paint over that people are like, oh my god, this is the one. Like this is a masterpiece. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm glad you like that because I was going to paint over it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so many times, yo. That's how I got. Man, you know what? My first uh, Charlie Palmer piece that I I got in my house. It was a piece he was about to paint oh, over. Man. I was like, you gonna paint over that, Charlie? You should just <laughs> give it to me. He was like, oh, you want it? I was like, yeah, I want it. I still got it hanging in my kitchen right now. <laughs> that piece is beautiful. But but it but that is like you you are not the person to determine your value of your art. Yeah. Like that, you know, you'll never be able to do it because people there's so many narratives. It's, it's it's also some about being in the zeitgeist. Like just the feeling that's out in the air that everybody is getting that is connecting them to different things, like connecting them back to ideas. I think that's why some artists can make uh, similar work a lot of times yeah. is because like, it's just some in the air um, that you can't explain and you can't get a hold of mm -hmm. that you probably don't even know is, is what's driving you to create. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, makes art relate to people yeah. in a different way. Not to turn it to a, a different subject, man, but just talking about in terms of gallery, man, we talked that you had a piece, uh, that you posted a while ago that was in the Black Wall Street Gallery. And there's a lot of shenanigans that's going on with that yeah. gallery, man. That guy, Rico Wright, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Tell me about this, man, because uh -huh. I, I think this is the kind of stuff that artists, makes artists fear working with a gallery. And, yeah. you know, I, I think we should just talk about it and be open so we can have an honest conversation yeah. about there, there are bad galleries, there are good galleries. <laughs> and kind of this was like not a great experience for you, I don't think. Yeah, so... I've always had that fear um, of being with a gallery. I, I've never been represented by a gallery. And I think it's largely in part to that fear. Like, I didn't want anybody to, like, control my stuff or say what I could sell or be getting this big old 50% commission and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And, like, back in those times, like, when I was younger, like, I was still, like, uneducated on, like, the art world and stuff. So I, I didn't go to art school. I'm self-taught artist and stuff. And so I had to like learn a lot on my own and um so i always feared galleries and um i think it was around might have been 2019 right before the pandemic he reached out to me he was still in tulsa then he was like i got this gallery and i want to represent you and i believe in you and i love your work and all this stuff and i want to represent you exclusively and i think i called everybody every big artists I know, my <laughs> um, collector friends. I was like, what do you think about this? And he was like, don't do an exclusive deal. Don't do an exclusive. I, I didn't do a deal at all. I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I trust it. Like we don't always trust our, our intuition, but yeah. I, I did that time. I was like, something just don't seem right. And so um, like we kind of kept in contact throughout the years. And in 2021, um, he moved to New York got the gallery there and i didn't know about any other crazy stuff that had happened in tulsa which was why he was in new york um and he was like yeah i got this show i got this new gallery i want you to be in the show 
And like, of course, like I'm an emerging artist. Like, you know how we how we feel about New York? Like, oh man, oh yeah, yeah, we show in New York, like most definitely yeah, New York show, yeah. <laughs> and so I I was super excited. Um, we did the show. It was like a huge success. It was like 2021, so right. I mean, it was still COVID, but it was like a gang of people in there. Like you couldn't like turn around without bumping into somebody. So I was super excited. Like this is my first New York show. Uh, I think that was my first time in New York. Oh, so wow. I got to go to a lot of galleries and stuff. So it was, it was a good experience. Yeah. Um, but after that, like the piece didn't sell. And so like I was expecting to get the piece back. And he was like, well, I had this, this one person that was interested in it. So I want to hold on to it. I'm going to put it in this other show. So they had another show, another group show um, that summer. And so the piece was in that show too. And uh, he, he didn't sell it in that show. And so, like, I'm expecting to get it back and all this stuff. And uh, we kind of lost contact for a while. And then he uh, reached back out to me. He was like, well, um, what, what's the lowest amount you sell the piece for? <laughs> and I gave him a number. Like, it was on sale. It was in the gallery for, like, 10000 And so I'm like, okay, maybe, like, 8000 He was like, okay, I want to buy it. Uh, so the, he want to buy. He's it. like, yeah, I want to add it to my collection. So you know, the gallery is gonna get half, and then I'll pay what? you the other half. <laughs> so basically, from ten thousand to four thousand. And I was like, I guess I okay. It's it's in a collection in New York. Like I was still like crazy over like New York and stuff. Oh, at least it's up there. Like somebody mm -hmm. might see it, and that might lead to other opportunities. And so after that, I didn't hear from him. And then over time, I don't know, we kept playing like tag, like he would want me to call him or I would he would miss my call and I would write him like, you, you still like want that piece or whatever. And I don't know, just like a lot of time passed and um, like I never got no funds for my piece. <laughs> and so last year, it's crazy, last year, my wife and I, uh, one of my friends here, who's an artist too, we um, we went to Miami for uh, Art Basel. We happened to be in the Rubel Museum and ran into him. Oh, he was like, hey, come on. hey, Chris. <laughs> you know, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, um, he was telling the people who he was with, yeah, he did this painting. It's my daughter's favorite painting. Uh, she loves it. It's hanging in that house right now. My wife, you know, she oh, get man. my wife don't have no filter. Like I'm, I'm the cool, quiet one. She the one. Like <laughs> she'll, she'll tell you about yourself. And so she got this look on her face, like it's hanging in your house, but we didn't get no money for it. Like, <laughs> and so um, he was like, yeah, yeah, we got to talk and all this stuff. And so I don't know. It was just a lot of runaround. And no money and so Damn. earlier well i guess like a few months ago is when i saw the um that article that came i think i don't know if it was artsy or art news did the article oh, yeah i think it was art news yeah i saw that article and like i had never like spoke out about it or anything but when i saw that it was a whole lot of people and yeah. and bigger name people than me i'm like okay maybe maybe i need to like share my side of the story and so that's when i had made that post on instagram and um it was crazy he he saw the post and he inboxed me oh, 
are we supposed to be like boys and we, we're black men and we got to stick up for each other and all this. And like, he, he went crazy in the inbox. I shared it on uh, my Facebook page, but he, like he was, I, I couldn't even get a message in. Like it, they were just coming back to back to back and like the world is going to see. I was like, okay, something's not right. Something's not right in the, in the head. Like, yeah. but, um, like after reading that article and seeing that some people's, um, like he sold or he sold their art and not only did they not get the money for the sales but the collectors didn't even get the art like the art was just like in storage yeah. somewhere i'm like is my art in storage somewhere and I'm like i had friends who were um actually represented by the gallery and um i guess like sometimes like when you're in that position and you're getting like like all those benefits that come with being in that position and stuff like you don't you're kind of blind. It's not that you're blind to it. I guess you like you don't want to believe it because you're like, dang, like I'm reaping, I'm getting all this success from this. So I don't want to believe that this has actually happened. But I mean, it even it happened to them too. So that's crazy. Yeah, the man. whole thing <laughs> is crazy. So I still don't have my painting. Um, that was one of the first paintings I did um, of me and my son. So it means a lot. But it, it's just crazy that um, a lot of people are. They they get they didn't get paid. They don't have their work, and it's just like up in limbo right now. So that's crazy, man. That's that's some that's some crazy stuff. They try to flip it back on you, like you did something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> for, yeah. For letting people know, like you had this piece and you ain't giving no no money for it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But he got mad problems going on with all his stuff, like a hundred thousand uh, dollars worth of art sales that he ain't pay people for, and still got their work. All all kinds of madness, man. That's the that's the stuff that does. Uh, make people scared to to trust in people. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. To, to engage in like the system, and you know, because you know uh, there are great galleries that are out there, great galleries that are representing yeah. people. Zukai Gallery down here represents me, and never had a problem. Always got paid. They put my work into some some pretty good collections. Yeah, um, and they make it available, and they're always upfront. We talk, we conversate, like it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that kind of great trust and relationship. Uh, with somebody that's representing your work is very hard <laughs> to turn over, you know what I'm saying, your hard work. You know, we invest a lot of time, blood, sweat, and money into oh, yeah. all the stuff that we do. We don't want to do the stuff for nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, even even with the name, like, it, it just gives, like, that whole history of, like, Tulsa and what happened, like, a bad yeah. image. Like, when people think of Black Wall Street, like, they shouldn't think of this, this crazy gallery, you know, they should be remembering the history yeah. of, like, that's what right. took place there so it kind of like tarnished that a little bit like just using that name to promote something that like wasn't even like genuine i guess i don't know nah man that's crazy man <laughs> i hate i hate to hear stories like that and you know there, there are too many stories out there just like that yeah you know, people just getting got you never got to work you never got money and like all of it was just for nothing yeah, and uh, that's that's a terrible thing, man. <laughs> shame, shame on that guy, man, for doing that stuff. Want to do, want to say more than that, but we gotta keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show, man. But yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that story, man. I think that's what people need to look out for. Uh, were, they, were they were there any anything looking back on it? Was it any particular sign that you think stood out to you that you maybe should have listened to? Um. I think I listened to all of them. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that I wasn't going to like receive like money for the piece. But like, I always, I always That's tell true. people, um, 
Like when we talk about it, I, you ever seen that movie Princess and the Frog, the cartoon, yeah. the animated one? Yeah. I always tell people he reminded me of Shadow Man from Princess, <laughs> but he's like a he's like a real smooth talker. And yeah. I mean that that's probably how you know he was able to get as far um, ahead and like in the art world as he did. Like he's like a very great talker and and like making connections and stuff. Like I give him that. Like, but um, it it was just something about it. I was like, kind of sounds too good to be true. I don't I don't know something yeah. don't sound right. Yeah, man, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tough, yo. But you got always got to watch out, yo. I, you, all the artists, you gotta watch out for a certain type of people. Listen yeah. to, and if you don't trust it, don't trust it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you if you can talk to other people that are working with them to make sure everything's legit, even you know if it's New York, people, even <laughs> don't, don't get blinded if, by New York, especially if it's New York, yo. Especially if it's New York, that's funny, yo. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's funny. It, it is like. Uh, it's like a one of them big bug lights, man. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They turn them on, people just start coming, that blue light, man, because, <laughs> you know, to see that New York up there, man, we start thinking about all <laughs> all kinds of money flowing from the trees. Yeah, and it's, you know what I'm saying? It, the G's of peace. It's crazy now, like, um, I was submitting for a, uh, a art residency the other day, and I had to um, submit a bio, and so I had Black Wall Street in my bio, so I had to like redo my bio to take that out. Oh. <laughs> and like it's on my artist CV, and I'm like, dang, do I even want this on here now? Like, so it 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 messes up more than so it's more than just not getting a piece of art. Now it's kind of like, yeah, you don't want that to yeah. mess up your reputation as an artist. Like, are you dealing with this gallery? Like, <laughs> crazy, yeah. Yeah, that's wild, man. But going end it end it on a great collab, man. The, what you was been doing for the Jacksonville Jam Walls for the yeah. custom cleats, man. Let's talk talk about that for we could get this taste out of our mouth oh, yeah. <laughs> right, real quick. Um. So yeah, that's an initiative that the NFL has. It's called um, "My Calls My Cleats." They do it across the whole NFL, where um the players like um they're like working in collaboration with a a, a local organization in the community. And so they get their cleats painted um, and that organization is like logo and, and all that stuff. So I had the opportunity 2021 and no, not 2021, but last year and this year to um, paint cleats for Trevor Lawrence, the uh, quarterback of the Jaguars for my call. Oh, nice. oh, the big dog. Oh, That's yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So that, that, was, that was a pretty cool. The first one, um, his organization was this uh, elementary school. Um, I think it was like a, I think they call it a Title I school. So it was a school and not like the best community. They don't have like a lot of funding and all that stuff. So we got to go in there and work with the kids. And um, they actually designed the shoes. So me and another artist, uh, we went there and did like a little workshop. Had like sheets with the uh, shoes on it that they can color and stuff. And so they mm -hmm. picked which designs they wanted. And so we actually put what they um, had drawn out on the shoe. And so they got to meet with him. He sent them a video. Um, I think he sent them um, all the pair of shoes and all that stuff. So that was pretty cool. No, nah, see, that's the good yeah. stuff, man. <laughs> I love working with kids. Yeah, working with kids and working with, with companies that are, are willing to put in that work and invest in art, man. 
and especially when it comes to connecting kids with art. Yeah. Like that, that's the kind of stuff. That's the sweet spot, man. That's the stuff we need more of right there. Like the last mural I did, um, it was through the Jaguar. So there's a community here called um called Out East. Um, it's off of um Florida Ave. Um they call it now A Philip Randolph. But it's a historically um black area. It was kinda like the black Wall Street of um Jacksonville. And mm-hmm. um through like race and um like segregation and um redlining and all that stuff, it kinda like fell off over the years. Um a lot of the shops and businesses are no longer there. So the Jaguars are working with organizations in the community to um try to like revitalize that area. And so one of the uh, first phases was putting like some public art over there. So me and uh, four other artists, we did murals throughout the community. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a big project. I had one of my students, um, a young man, he's 14 years old, working with me out there learning the art of, of murals and stuff. So yeah, trying to do, nah, some, trying dope, to do some good work. <laughs> that's dope, man. Yes, keep that up, man. We love that kind of stuff, yo. That's the kind of stuff that leads to the next generation of artists, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, so it don't, it won't be that disconnect that me and you had and so many yeah. other people had of not knowing artists and not seeing art like this, I think is a time where we can really start to plant some, plant some seeds. Oh yeah. You know what I'm Get people to really grow into like some really fantastic art, man. It can surpass me. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Be better than you. Be better than me. Come up with some new stuff that we ain't never seen before. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. You're doing great, good work down there, man. Good work down there. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. For sure, man. Thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Tell them everybody where they can get in contact with you. Um, So you can find me on social media. I'm on all of them. Same name. Make it easy for you. Um, Cooley Ross Art. C-O-O-L-I-R-A-S Art. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all of them. <laughs> All of them. You're going to see a lot of a lot of different stuff, man. The guy's always working, always doing the work, yo. Okay. <clears throat> I think that's the that thing. That's the lesson that we need to take from this one, man. Do the work and you'll get all the benefits that's coming to you, man. Much love to you and your family, man. Thank you for coming on the podcast, bro. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. And that's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the bag. Big shout out to Chris Clark, Cooley Ross on the podcast. Definitely appreciate it. Next week, we got Lauren Tate Baeza from the High Museum of Art. It's going to be a fantastic talk for you. Make sure you tune in. And all my artists out there, I'm going to say it again. Don't nothing ever happen if you don't do the work. You got to get in the studio. You got to keep making that noise. It's the only way to do it. Go connect with your folks, network, do all that good stuff, but always do the work. It's your boy, Jay Barber. I'll see y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast.